And now your host with the most, Dina and Christopher. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Mach. And no, Chris, just to let you know, he was not naked. So he, it was his force ghost, but he was he had his clothes on. For some reason, he's not like Fink and likes to do his thing. And I don't ask these guys anything. I just let them come in. Anyways, how are you guys doing out there? This is your pal, Dane Alice, for another episode of Wrestling Beats Alliance, in which we break down the world of wrestling from the week before and talk about the future that happens. Uh, right now, I am, of course, joined by my co-host, Christopher Brother Ray Patton. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing wonderful, man. Just, uh, Drinking a cold beer, getting ready to talk some wrestling with you. How 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 have you been? How's your week going? It's going good, man. You know, it's it's been a it's been a weird week at work. Like it seems slow, but it also seems like it's been fast. I guess it might be because it's Wednesday. Um, but I had a pretty awesome uh, interview that I would definitely recommend for anyone to go listen to. Uh, I, I talked to Ernie Altbacker who is the screenwriter uh, for a lot of the DC animated uh, films, uh, like some of the newer ones, including uh, Justice League Dark. He just did Batman Hush. And we talked for about 45 minutes about the process, animation itself, uh, you know, meeting voice actors and actors alike, uh, people like Rosario Dawson, who plays Wonder Woman in that series, and uh, just shooting the shit. And then I bitched about... You know, the whole Disney-Sony thing, and I uh, talked a little bit about The Matrix, and uh, the, some of the stuff that was at D23 with Star Wars and Disney and Marvel. So there's a, a big cheap plug, but basically, that is what I did. Uh, that was a terrible transition. Um, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> but, but yeah, check that out, guys. Yeah, check that out, guys. Especially if you liked uh, Batman Hush, we 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 broke we we talked about some spoilers within the movie, so it was uh, it was fun. But um, looking forward to talking about some wrestling. Uh, just to let everyone know, if you live in Atlanta, I will be at Dragon Con this weekend. I just thought about the fact of how the hell you'd be able to find me. That I don't know. Maybe message me on Facebook. Uh, my Twitter account is actually not really mine. Well, I mean it's it's a. It's a fake account. I did it for something a long time ago, and I haven't touched it. So if you are part of our, our page, which you should be, Geek Fives Nation, go to geekfivesnation.com. There you'll see all of our news articles, and then you can listen to our different sound formats, whether it be on SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Blog Talk, obviously. You can listen to everything there. And then our Instagram, our Twitter, and our Facebook. Facebook, join Geek Vibes Nation. Hit me up, and uh, we can meet up, and I'll be there doing some press stuff. Should be fun, and I'm going to enjoy a nice, like, little Labor Day. I'm sure that you're going to be enjoying some Labor Day-ish stuff, Chris, right? Yeah, Maybe man, actually, um, uh, no, probably just chilling at the house, honestly. Um, got the uh, the new podcast uh, to, to Geek Vibes. It's uh, Skates and Throats. That's on Saturday, so we'll be doing that, and and uh, drinking beer and, and getting ready to watch uh, All Out, which we're going to get into here in a bit. But that's uh, that's pretty much my whole weekend on Pat, man. I got nothing else planned. So maybe maybe I'll cook out, but probably not. More likely I'll order Uber Eats and uh, indulge in some adult beverages as I watch uh, Kenny Omega versus Pac. Yeah, that, that that's a uh, very evil thing is uh, the 
Vuvuritz, that 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 wonderful ability to be able to pay an extra five to ten fucking dollars to get food conveniently <laughs> delivered to you. Um, but I do it all the time too. I, you know, I, I should really just do that membership because I spend money on them so often that it's like, I think it gives you like nothing for the, I don't know. I don't know why the hell we got on this talk. Um, anyways, but yeah, <laughs> we're, we're doing our thing. AEW has their show this weekend, so we're here to cover it. We also got some news to cover. So let's start this whole entire thing off. We got some, some news about the fiend. Now, Bray Wyatt might have not made an appearance uh, this week on Raw SmackDown, which people bitch about, but I think is actually a very smart thing. Uh, but there was a couple things. Uh, all of it might be non-news completely, but we'll cater towards it and then and break all this down. Uh, the main thing is that The Fiend has been advertised um, for Hell in a Cell Universal title match, and... Uh, Basically, we don't know who's going to be the champion at that point between Braun and Seth. Uh, but either way, you know, the fact that it has been advertised, um, it just it, – it, it, sometimes advertisement is given um, ahead of time and things change. Subject is the change. Uh, they say that a lot of times. And, but it's usually not like a pay-per-view they do that with. That's usually a raw smackdown, uh, especially live shows. Uh, so – this is kind of strange. Uh, I don't know how I feel about the Fiend being in a championship match. The, if he is involved, that would definitely make me think that Seth Rollins would beat Braun, obviously. Because why the hell would you make Braun champion just to take it off him against Bray? Because if you don't make Bray champion, that seems like a very strange route. And do we really need the championship belt? That is the biggest question. Do we need it on the Fiend yet? Can we not just build him up, let this, let him be a special entity, and then eventually put the championship on him? We know Bray's already, even though it was completely pointless, basically, Bray's already had the championship. So he's already had that in his records. It seems like the Fiend itself and this whole concept should be treated um, a little bit more with care and, and not just put the title on him because he's popular and see what can happen. That, that seems like it's, it's, it could be appetite for destruction. Uh, and I'm not talking about Guns N' Roses. Chris, uh, how do you feel about this? And do you think that there is any real news? Or, or is this just advertisement or something that got fucked up in translation between them and the arena? No, I mean, I think that this is uh, with the people that they're bringing in in September and all the things that are going to be going on in September building up to that pay-per-view, which would be hell in a cell. It's very possible that you do get Bray in the main event. Um, another news article we're going to talk about later is Steve Austin is going to be MSG, another legend, someone that the Fiend could possibly take out. Um, I believe we're going to get Sting and The Undertaker, um, two possible legends the Fiend could take out. So as far as the buildup goes, it would make a little bit of sense for him to be at least penciled in right now. Um, and, and knowing that the original – promotion for this was Rollins versus Drew McIntyre and then they, they seems like they kind of cooled off on Drew a little bit um, and they're booking it as you know either Braun or Seth I, I could definitely see this match happening also you know I could just see them doing Seth and, and Braun again as well uh, and doing something else with with the Fiend but it's not out of the realm of possibility that being said it's Vince and, and he did just totally rip up yesterday's script and rewrite the show in like 45 minutes so who the fuck knows but it's it's not impossible and could be very cool being that it's hell in a cell, like someone not being able to escape the fiend 
if done right, could be an interesting story, regardless of the uh, the title itself. Yeah, it is very interesting if you think about um, just where they can go with this, and I think that's a, that's a very positive thing. And maybe I am not necessarily thinking negative, but just worried and just maybe need to like see how this uh, ends up. But I think that there's a lot more smoke with this fire compared to the next thing. Well, maybe not. I mean, I think there's some validity on the next part, but uh, WWE basically, they put out a tweet that said, who could the fiend target next? And uh, they had hashtag Roth and then at Bray Wyatt and who, sh- and then the, the picture says something a little bit different, but who the fiend should debut on raw against blank and Bray Wyatt message sting. Now, Sting, even though, and I mean, a lot of people believe because, um, I'm trying to remember the exact date, but the 20th anniversary show that's in a couple weeks, uh, that's going to be the first night that SmackDown premieres on Fox, they have a ridiculous amount of people like Kurt Angle, Lita, Mick Foley, Booker T, Hulk Hogan, whole slew of people, but like you said, Undertaker is going to be there, and so is Sting. Um, so we do know that they're going to be there. I know a lot of people were, were trying to throw in like, oh, Sting and the Undertaker, they're going to be on the next Saudi Arabia. And it's like if the prince pays for that, I, I don't know how you pay for someone who can't get medically cleared to wrestle. But I will say that I don't think that that's going to be his first match, guys. As much as I would love to see, you know, like this Batman entity of the Sting go against this Joker entity, like I say, of Bray Wyatt. Uh, it's two different eras. He's, he's, you know, too old at this point, but if we could see Bray Wyatt, you know, and I've been saying this on the 20th anniversary, take out sting during his, his, uh, him, him coming there. Um, I think that would be really awesome, especially if they played it up, didn't make it directly him attacking him. Maybe played with the fact that both of them kind of appear and mess with it a little bit, but in the end, the fiend gets the better of sting puts him down with the mandible claw, who knows? Maybe pops him around and gives him a scorpion death drop. I have no idea. But I love, regardless, because I know that Bray is a big fan of Sting, that he said this, I don't think there's going to be a match. And to me, there's no way Undertaker's fighting Sting in Saudi Arabia. I think those rumors are just wishful thinking. And I get it. Sting's my second favorite wrestler of all time after Shawn Michaels. So, uh, you know, it would be great. But... Like I said, some interaction and that being one of his next attacks, I think would really heighten uh, Bray's stock. I don't know how I feel about Bray and The Undertaker in the same night because that might be overloading it. And I kind of would like, if Undertaker wants to go out maybe this next WrestleMania, I think that The Fiend, if built correctly, could be that person that would be a perfect, you know, handoff, if you will. So, I don't know if they want to start that next or maybe have an, uh, maybe he destroys Sting and then has an interaction with The Undertaker later on, and that sets up something. I don't know. Lots of speculation, lots of me babbling. Chris, get me to shut the hell up. What do you think? I mean, the, the only thing that, uh, that I have pause on is if they do the Sting angle at this 20th anniversary show to set up something at Hell in a Cell, which would lead to, you know, the Fiend killing Sting and, and not so much a Sting – Undertaker match, but Sting, uh, I mean, The Fiend, 
Bray Wyatt versus Taker at Hell in a Cell. You could easily do something like that, or you could hold the cards down the line um, for Mania, like you said. Now, we have seen Bray and a younger Taker together before in the ring, and it wasn't necessarily the greatest uh, of all time, but if you kept this match short with The Fiend and he gets a really dominant win over Taker or something at WrestleMania, that could mean a whole lot. Um, and if he picks up the title at Hell in a Cell, like this thing is booked or does something cool like that in between, you could have like, you know, Taker for the title at Mania versus The Fiend, which would be, to me, would be a, a, a big fucking draw. Um, so, I mean, all, all of that makes a lot of sense. My assumption is that both uh, the, the Sting and probably Undertaker will both be attacked by the Fiend, or you'll have the Fiend attack Sting. Uh, the lights go out, he attacks Sting when Sting's in the ring, cutting a promo or something, and then the lights go out and Taker and the Fiend are face-to-face, um, and that sets up down the line or something. That would be my – I mean, if you're going to book it, Taker can also appear out of nowhere. That would probably make you know the most logical sense. Yeah, that would be awesome. I mean, even if they do that, that's the type of stuff that they can get away with that still will be fun for a fantasy and very cinematic if they were to do, you know, all right, like you said, Sting comes out, he talks, same stuff goes on. Fiend comes out, him and Sting have interaction. I don't know necessarily if there's a struggle or if he just goes after him, attacks him, gives him a mandible claw, then the lights go out, lights come on, Taker's there, maybe Sting's gone. And then Taker and him just have a stare down, and then lights go out, and they're both gone when they come back in. I mean, people would go nuts. And it doesn't matter about the age of Sting and Undertaker because they're just props setting up something for the future to build up the Fiend. So it's a very interesting um, concept. I'm about to go to this whole Stone Cold thing because it's kind of relevant towards everything. But do you have anything else to say about the subject? No, I mean, I that I mean, if I had to make two predictions, those would be, you know, the two that you either set up Taker versus uh, Bray right off of that uh, moment where he just takes out both Sting and Undertaker, or you set it up where they have a stare down and it's kind of down the line a little bit. Um, but either way, I'm I'm with the way that they've been booking the Fiend, I kind of feel like Sting is getting put in a manable claw. And then whatever they do with Taker yeah. will be a follow-up to that with The Fiend. Um, same with this next guy we're about to talk about. I think that's also some more fodder for uh, for for The Fiend. Fodder for The Fiend. Yeah, that is the question. Uh, we know that Stone Cold is going to be at the, the Madison Square Garden Raw coming up. Uh, he's going to be making an appearance. Uh, you know, it's the first time he's been back at the Garden in a very long time, I listened to his last podcast and he was going over, you know, some of the moments that he's had at the garden uh, in the past, uh, you know, him and Bret Hart, um, the time that he got his bell rung basically against the undertaker and, you know, basically had a concussion, wrestled the rest of the match and Earl Hefner was checking on him. He tells the story. I know I laughed. It's because it's a hell of a lot funnier when Steve tells it. Uh, but even though it's about him getting a concussion, but just lots of memories that he's obviously had out there. The, fir- uh, the first time he gave Vince McMahon a stunner was also in the garden. So there are a lot of uh, symbolism for, for Stone Cold to be there. But once again, their hottest thing right now that's getting a lot of attention, uh, you know, kind of like that, that's, that's leaping outside of just wrestling. And that's a very rarity uh, nowadays. I think Becky had that at one point and it kind of simmered down. Um, and other people have kind of gotten close to there. But Bray is 
people are asking me because they know that I'm a wrestling fan. What the hell's up with this guy? You know, it, what, what's going on basically? And I've explained to a lot of my friends that don't watch wrestling about him. So I know that there is that level of, of, uh, of curiosity from non-wrestling fans. So is this going to be another person, basically another execution for Bray Wyatt? You know, that Steve would have no problem doing that, Chris. And whether it be like, maybe Steve takes a couple socks at him, you know, and they kind of trace some strikes and finally he just nails him and, with the mandible claw and gets Steve, puts him to the ground. They don't have to do a lot of anything, but I think the biggest fear, and the only reason I don't think that they would do that technically is because even though he's gone, they love Stone Cold being so uh, unstoppable type of concept, um, even in his retirement, you know, having that badassery. But I think it would be a very good move. Once again, just like Sting, just like uh, setting up something with The Undertaker, having him take out Taker, and like he has with Foley and, and, and Jerry and, and uh, Kurt Angle before him, just make add to his collection. And uh, I think Austin would be a nice person to be a part of that collection. Uh, what do you think? And how, are you excited to see Austin, Austin uh, at the Madison Square Garden accidentally saying shit and telling stories about him and uh, Jerry Briscoe in South Africa getting in a bunch of illegal trouble for at the end of uh, the thing. I don't think that's going to happen, but it has. <laughs> I hope I hope all of that happens. Um, I think... Don't I, tell I, me I, to go home! Out. You guys have a great <laughs> evening! Um, what I what I will say is you have to be very careful with how you book it with Austin. He can't just get the mandible claw. He's got to put a fight back. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, so I think if you give fans the stunner, if he gets the stunner on the fiend, and then the fiend just pops back up and puts the mandible claw on him, similar to uh, kind of what they did in the finish of that Balor match, where he just hit the mandible claw kind of out of nowhere on him, yeah. like he maybe after catching the stunner, uh, at least the fans would be like, well, we got to see Austin cut a promo and he hit a stunner, but then we also get to see this cool character of the fiend. You just got, it's got to be booked very well because it is Austin. And it would, it's that, you know, if it was a uh, punk or uh, the rock, it'd be the same kind of thing just because they're kind of on a different level than uh, like a Kurt Angle or a Jerry Lawler. I mean, well, unless you're in like seventies Memphis, then, you could probably argue that, but <laughs> you get what I'm saying. They're for kind Kurt of on a different level. No, no, no. For Lawler. I know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, or, or you know, in, in in any case, you go to and fully even to some extent. I don't think he, he was ever kind of on the rock, um, rock Austin. Uh, even maybe I mean probably on the same level as CM Punk, but with with the hype around those guys, you have to be very careful with just having the Fiend straight kill them. So I would assume that Austin will get some kind of offense in. But the way that this is building up with this being September 10th and the Sting thing being kind of slightly after that with that reunion show that they're doing, um, it just kind of lines up that you have two in a row right before Hell in a Cell, which would make a lot of sense, right? Absolutely. And I have to just say, if this inevitably happens, just one extra, you know, side of booking because I love the idea of, of him. That that whole thing that me and you you kind of came up with, and I kind of like just chiseled down of what could happen with him and Sting and Taker, and then with this, kind of like we do the same thing. Austin gets a couple shots at him, gives him a stutter, 
kind of gets up trying to shake it off. And then behind him, Bray Wyatt does the whole entire crab walk thing, gets up right in front of him, and then maybe gives him the uh, – well, actually, probably the, the mandible claw, not the um, the sister Abigail. But, you know, if that if that were to happen, they would be pretty – Pretty big for Bray, obviously, and, and keep on building him going forward. And as long as you kind of do that, I just love, like I was going to, like now I just remember what I was going to say, is if this inevitably, I would like to see a feud between him and Randy Orton just to kind of go back to that thing and have him take out Brandy, Randy and kind of stalk Randy and even put Randy, who's, you know, this methodical, you know, just kind of evil villain most of the time. I would love to see Bray terrorize him. And one of the things that he says is he's hunting villains and maybe like they do one of the Firefly Funhouses and says, well, you're the legend killer, but now, Randy, you're a legend. So the Fiend is just trying to hunt you and have fun or some shit like that. I think they can do so much with this dynamic. Um, You know, him and Aleister Black's another one that would be greatly set up. Him and Rollins, uh, they just kind of... Certain guys he needs to completely go through. If he has people that he has, you know, if, if you want to go back and forth like an Aleister Black, that's good. But I would want, like, him and Randy Orton to be kind of, like, short and sweet. He needs to start just going through people like Butter, though, kind of like he did with Finn. Yeah, I mean, I all of those things are, are kind of – there's tons of possibilities of what you can do with The Fiend. Um, and the way they've been booking him – Outside of Kofi, well, him and Kofi have been booked the best as far as like yeah. building a character and a storyline. And um, with him possibly being booked for the Universal title, it does seem like he is going to fare more towards the Raw side. Uh, but as we've kind of seen, I don't know that that necessarily matters as much. No. Uh, I, I guess I'm just curious on how long this Orton storyline is going to go with Kofi because I doubt that this is going to just be a one and done match at this pay per view. Which will, you know, and The Fiend is going, I mean, the, to me, all of September is going to be kind of the month of The Fiend headed into October, gearing up for Halloween and all of that jazz. Like, I could easily see him with a title after Hell in a Cell if they if they want to go that route and build towards moving yeah, it from so there. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, he's the hottest thing they have right now on the entire roster. I And like I said, outside of Kofi, he's been the best booked. Um, I thought Kofi's been really well booked since Mania. Like very strong wins, uh, some interesting stories uh, against both Daniel Bryan and the current thing he's doing with Randy Orton. Even though it's almost a retread of uh, Joe and AJ, which was done a little better. Yeah, just because Joe's a better promo than Joe's a better promo than than Orton. But uh, hey, yeah, Wendy. I mean, <laughs> uh, you so, want some yeah, man, cookies? It would. I mean, I still want him to have little puppets made of all of the legends he's destroyed, and it would be fun to see him add Orton to that collection. There's so much more they can do with that character, but they've done such a good job that I don't want them to do too much more because I'm afraid, like, they'll fuck it up if they try to do way too much more. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you on that. I'm kind of cool with where it's at and uh, look forward to seeing what they're going to do with them in the month of September and October, which I'm assuming is going to be a whole hell of a lot, especially with AEW here on the uh, the horizon. Absolutely. Um, well, let's let's talk about this because it kind of – I mean, there is another pay-per-view this weekend besides AEW. 
There's NXT UK TakeOver Cardiff. I don't know if I'm necessarily going to watch it Saturday. I'll probably check it out, though, because it's got some matches that I am looking forward to, especially uh, the match for the United Kingdom champion between the first champion, Tyler Bates, and the current champion, Volta. And if you've never seen a uh, match between those two guys, they've had a couple in the past. Their, re- their most recent one, I think it was from a year ago, at Progress, for the Progress title that Walter was holding, uh, him and Tyler have some amazing chemistry. So I am looking forward to that. Um, you have Tony Storm defending against Ky- uh, Kaylee Ray. She's a pretty damn good um, – I haven't seen too much of her, but she's a pretty good heel. I think Tony Storm's probably going to walk right through her. I think Walter – I think Tyler Bate could take the title from Walter. If he doesn't, uh, I think that that kind of probably adheres to the rumors that Mustache Mountain is going over to NXT as a permanent tag team um, that has been rumored for a while, probably getting them out of there so Walter might retain. Uh, then there's Grizzled Young Veterans versus Gallus. Um, and then against Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. I don't really – I mean, I love Joe Kofi, uh, or Joe Coffey. Um, his brother Mark is a very similar style to him. Wolfgang's cool. I like the concept of Gallus. I don't, I've never really cared that much about Zach Gibson or James Drake, and I like Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster as high flyers. I don't really have a lot of skin in the game, basically. So um, just give it to Andrews and, and Webster. They're the baby faces. Travis Banks and Noam Dar will be an awesome fucking match. Um, the Scottish Supernova is a badass that was completely underutilized in 205 Live that's been done a hell of a lot better since he's been on the uh, NXT UK platform. I'm a really big fan of Travis Banks. Uh, he reminds me, and I've said this a million times, of like 80s Surfer Sting mixed with Chris Benoit. I know that's a really weird combination, but it's he's good wrestler. And then we have Dave Mastiff uh, going against Joe Kofi from Gallus. That should be a damn good match, two hosses. Um, but one of the biggest things from this, Chris, is the fact that Cesaro is going to be making an appearance. Now, it could just be like Finn Balor did um, for the last pay-per-view and just a one-and-done. But let's, let's be honest. Cesaro's he just lost the King of the Ring. He's been having good matches, but he's not really doing anything too crucial. I, I'm pretty sure that he's originally from Switzerland. Obviously, UK is based. Could Cesaro actually, you know, if he doesn't have an impromptu match like Finn did last time or uh, just comes over there to make an appearance set up for, you know, maybe a couple episodes, could he just go over there? Because there is a gentleman that he knows pretty well that he could have a great feud with if they wanted or put their old tag team back together and Cassius Ono, who's now a full-time member of the UK roster. So I don't know how they're going to go about this, but I am looking forward to NXT UK um, – uh, their takeover this weekend, and it will definitely be probably something I'll check out Sunday at some point. And the idea of Cesaro either going against uh, Cassie Sono or having Chris Hero and Cesaro on a team again is very intriguing if they were to do it long-term. Do you think that's a possibility, or how do you feel about all this? Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see them doing something with Claudio and uh, or Cesaro and uh, Chris here. It's just it feels weird talking about Cassius Ono and Cesaro with their WWE names, <laughs> especially when we're talking about when they used to team. Um, Use their real names. Claudio and Chris Hero. <laughs> um, 
I think they could do something there. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I could also see them doing something where they set where Walter beats Tyler Bate. Cause I do think that tag team is going to move over to NXT. Like you said, to, uh, the television on Wednesday nights. Uh, but you could also set up Walter versus Cesaro for the next pay-per-view. Um, or they could just do a one-off match with him and Cassius Ono um, on the undercard. The last time they did this with Finn Balor, uh, which I believe was in, back in, uh, God, was it December? It, they did like a Devlin injury angle, and then Finn Balor just kind of filled into a match last minute. So, I mean, they may do something like that. It's kind of hard to say. But the 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 actual card itself, I, I mean, I'm really looking forward to that championship match, even though we've kind of seen it at this point. Um, I think that UK women's title match should be really good with Tony Storm and uh, Kaylee Ray. And uh, Noam Dar, I haven't seen him recently just because I don't get a chance to watch a lot of NXT UK um, outside of their pay-per-views. But I, I'm looking forward to that Banks-Noam uh, Dar match as well and, and also you know, just seeing what Cesaro does. But I think that is a good call being like maybe you throw Cesaro and uh, Kev, uh, Ono together and either do a match or a tag match or maybe you even put them in um, to this, what, what's a triple threat match, and change it into just a four way tag match, and just throw them in the mix oh. there, which would be perfectly that fine. But so be they could do something awesome. like that. Yeah, and I, I think that all right. So NXT UK is definitely a niche thing from the network. It's for specific fans. It does really well. It does fairly well over here, but definitely does well with the UK audience. But I'm just saying, it's kind of like NXT. It's kind of like anything at this point. You know, with NXT bringing back. Um, Fandango and, and, and Tyler Breeze to an extent. If you if you tell wrestling fans that no wrestling, that no you know pre like Ring of Honor days of Claudio and, and Chris Hero, and you present them and go, hey, if you want to watch this, you get to see his tag team again. They're they're working together, or maybe they're going against each other. You know that is a good thing to add to the UK. Uh, you know the group of people they have. I mean the fact that they have Walter is a very good thing, but. They're going to have to start making stars because Pete Dunne is going to transition as not maybe necessarily just on NXT. I could see him going to a Raw or SmackDown, even if NXT does become indeed its own brand. Or, and I could definitely see Must, Mustache Mountain, Trent Seven, and Tyler Bate, two of their biggest players over there as well. Tony Storm's another one. So a lot of these other people need to be raised. And if you have some legends over there putting on some awesome matches, that's more incentive for us to watch it. Shit, I wish Luke Harper would just fucking show up in the UK. Obviously, he doesn't want to be away from his family, but, I mean, the the, the biggest thing with Luke Harper, and I'll just say this, just fucking, just get him motivated and put him and and push the shit out of him, at least on NXT. It just, it sucks that he's just wasting away until his damn contract's done. It drives me nuts. Uh, Any last words before we move on, Chris? I mean, outside of just saying I really miss Luke Harper and it does suck that he is wasting away, but maybe now that there's another product and uh, maybe a little bit more for him to do, um, maybe, we, maybe we do see the reappearance. I didn't think Sasha was going to come back, but they uh, no, they brought yeah. her back and they got her back. So I'm not going to say, like I said, like I've said in the past with Vince when we've talked about CM Punk, uh, it's one of those never say never type of situations whenever it comes to to something like that and Vince. It just depends on if he needs you or not or, or thinks that he can do something with you. Man, if you brought Harper back and just pushed the shit out of him, he could be someone fun to reflect off of Bray right now um, as an opponent. It's, you know, it just... Uh, I don't know. Anyways, uh, let's I mean, the, move the on. The most frustrating thing about, like, potential opponents for Bray 
is that I haven't seen Aleister Black since the last pay-per-view, which is a bit fucking frustrating, which he wasn't even on because he just killed Sami Zayn on Tuesday, and then they canceled his match for the pay-per-view. So I'm more concerned about what the fuck they're doing with him than whether they're going to bring back Luke Harper. But um, I definitely could build Luke as a very viable hill, especially on NXT where you have more smaller guys. And if the plan is not to just, like, put SmackDown guys and Raw guys on NXT, he would be a good person to bring back in that I think is a big name that you could do something different with and build around. Not only that, it's also the fact that, like, Right now, they have, they have a lot of smaller guys that he would interact great with, and he has a lot of bigger guys like Dalton, uh, uh, or Dominic Dijak, Keith Lee, and uh, Punishment Martinez. Uh, you know, so uh, Luke Harper is so versatile, and a lot of people don't realize that he's – and obviously you do. I'm not saying that you don't. But, like, he can work with pretty much anyone and put on damn good matches. So I just want to see him back. I want to see him happy. I – I mean, it just sucks because he's getting older and he's being forced to not wrestle and be able to use prime years, um, you know, wrestling, basically. So that kind of blows a lot of ass. It really does. Blows a lot of booty. But um, Yeah, uh, and I, I would go as far to say – I would go as far to say that he was the best worker in – as far as in-ring goes in the Wyatt family as far absolutely. as, like, in-ring ability and shit. So, you know – find something for the guy to do and uh, something like NXT, especially if it's going to continue filming to full cell until December, like they said, which I, I fully doubt that. Uh, I, I feel like some of those ticket dates are going to get refunded. Uh, but if, if he can just work there, he's already living out in Florida with his family and he wants to be near his family, then you have a perfect landing spot for someone who can come in and be a big monster. If, if built right um, under the right tutelage and, and, and the right booking, uh, it makes a lot of sense. Yep. I completely agree. And dude, I completely agree on the Aleister Black stuff. It's even the segments, uh, they're just not really working for me. And um, I know that uh, Paul Heyman's helped out a lot with those. And I'm not saying it's just that there's no action. So they kind of just go absolutely nowhere. And it's cool that he's destroyed two people so far, but we do need to see more of him. They were to build him right, even if he were to lose, but he represents SmackDown. Maybe put him against the Fiend at, at Survivor Series. You know, that could be a lot of fun, have a really long, lengthy match, have Aleister take it a little bit towards the Fiend and kind of put a little bit like, oh, shit, is he going to beat him? And then Fiend get it, and then that kind of sets up if they are on the same roster later on, a feud or something. But he's not even at a level where he could fucking get on the same ground as, I mean – shit fucking buddy Murphy at this point he needs to be built a little bit more yeah I mean um, I mean part of the problem is you you can't give him like months off of TV even if you give him like a super dominant win um and it didn't help the last one came over Sami Zayn who's been absolutely fucking buried and is now essentially a manager for Nakamura which I think I like yeah, he's Bobby the Brain Heenan no uh but <laughs> but I'm not sure if I like it yet we'll see where they go with that because they uh they always cool their jets on Nakamura too so uh, it, prime example, him and Rusev as a tag team. So we'll see what happens. Yep, we will definitely see what happens. All right, well, let's go to uh, some stories that's heading us in the direction of the main topic for tonight. Uh, one of them is uh, very cool that, well, I'll say it's very nice of Tony Khan and AEW to be doing this, but at the same time, at some point they got to, you know, figure out letting wrestlers go to other promotions. 
um, and how smart that is. Because I know I was pretty much promoting that concept last week, but you know, you have the situation with John Moxley where he got a staff infection, obviously due to um, a previous thing, but probably gotten you know reintroduced after the G1 tournament and everything. You have Phoenix, who had a slight injury, but ended up not being anything too serious to screw up his match, you know, uh, with the Young Bucks. Uh, when you get pay-per-views, I'm just saying that I don't think this one from this story per se is that big of a deal. But, you know, same thing with what the hell's going on exactly with Pro Wrestling Noah and Neville and AEW, you know, as a big company when they're going to be starting to do television on a weekly basis. I feel like a lot of those strings are going to be cut or, or you know, maybe become a little bit smaller. I know that Moxley has a couple more dates in New Japan, and that was kind of a freak thing. But either way, it is kind of cool that NXT or that uh, NXT that Kenny Omega is going to be returning to DDT Wrestling uh, for Ultimate Party 2019. Um, basically, DDT is a Japanese organization that I kind of said to Chris. I was asking him, and he he said sort of, you know, it it's very similar to how PWG is over here. Uh, they are to Japan. They can do some outrageous stuff out there and it's more about getting the audience into whatever and just going for it and um he met kota Ibushi, i believe through ddt and they formed the golden lovers in there he also had a uh, tag team that he's going to be doing um uh, i believe with riho uh who you know i kind of protege of his uh through ddt this is the organization that kenny uh pissed off uh, uh, whatchamacallit, um, Jimmy Cornette a lot by fighting a, a mop, I believe, and a, a girl. Um, so, yeah, there's that, but, you know, it's that, that, that's, that's whatever. It, it's cool to see him return to this. Um, it seems like it's going to be a big uh, wrestling event for the promotion. Chris, are you looking forward to Omega coming back to DDT? I am. Uh, I, I'll just go ahead and read through his tweet. Uh, his first post was DDT, and, and then he posted Kanji, which would be you know the explanation of the rest of his post, which he basically at DDT Pro, my home before most newer cared about Kenny Omega, um, and then at Rio, of course, which will be his tag team partner, who is also, I believe, going to be on or has been on several of the AEW pay-per-views. I think that she's part of this battle royal. Um, or at least in a match on All Out. I'd, we'll get into that card later. Um, he said, my first partner, even before him, him obviously meaning Kota Ibushi, and then um, Honda, the a person that he's going to be wrestling when we talk about this card, uh, was one of his first rivals in DDT. So it's kind of a cool homecoming. And uh, honestly, you know, Kenny, the way he always speaks about Japan and wrestling in front of the Japanese audience and how much he actually loved it, when we used to talk about would he come to America and, and tease this, I honestly – I wasn't ever sure that it would happen just because of how much he's always talked about lo- loving the Japanese audience and wrestling there. And this is going to be a big event at Sumo Hall in Tokyo. Um, obviously, there's still hard feelings between – New Japan and, and AEW because they haven't worked out any kind of dates with Kenny, so we don't know when the next time that's going to be or, or what that's going to look like. So I think this is a cool thing, and um, I'll definitely probably check out that one match. I'm not a huge DDT fan. It's just one of it's just one of those mini organizations that's going to be really hard for me to keep up with when New Japan's putting out you know G1 and, and Super J Cup and 
uh, <laughs> all of the content they're putting out, plus NXT, WWE, Ring of Honor. It's just there's a lot of wrestling out there, so DDT's kind of falls down uh, by the wayside. But him and Rio teaming uh, against uh, Honda and uh, the female, uh, I'm going to try to pronounce her name, uh, Yamashita. I don't know anything about Yamashita, so it, excuse me for that. But uh, I think this will be a fun match and, and should be a good you know, return back to Tokyo for Kenny Omega. So I'm looking forward to seeing that match in particular. Absolutely. Um, well, I think we should start getting into this. Uh, we have basically AEW all out in Chicago. My good friends, uh, Michael Hoyt and uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Show Live, they're going to be there. And um, I'm happy for you guys. I'm just really jealous. So there you go. But either way, uh, I'm going to be watching it Saturday night. Um, with, I hope that within the midst of coverage I can get back, uh, if, if I do stay a little bit later on Saturday, to Hoyt's apartment and, that I'm staying at and then be able to watch it uh, immediately then but uh either way i'm very excited to see his pay-per-view finally and uh let's go over some of the matches now i will say like i always do that this is not the exact order um given by aew this is just kind of an overall haul of uh all the matches included so i'll go from the smaller ones and build to the bigger ones like i usually do on the pre-show we have the first match being private party which is Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn versus Angelico and Jack Evans. This is probably going to be a very, very good match. And I'm happy to see that it seems like with these three starter matches um, on the pre-show that, or maybe it's two that I'm thinking of, that there's going to be a little bit more than there has been in the past because I've heard a lot of good things about Private Party. I've liked the small amount I've seen from them. Angelico and Jack Evans are awesome, and they've already shown that they can defy gravity. So I think the two of them will clash well, and we'll get a damn good tag match on the pre-show is what I'm hoping. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Private Party versus uh, Angelico and Jack Evans, I think, will be a really good match. I really, I, The first time I had saw Private Party, I believe, was at the last uh, BR Live event that they had done. Um, either the one either the last one or the one before that and I was really impressed with them they do have a little bit of a feel of the, the street profits uh, so it's going to be interesting to see which one of those teams gets over first and right now with the way it's looking it's probably going to be private party once they get on TV just because they have done dick all with the street profits on uh, Monday Night Raw but well, I guess we'll see uh, but that should be a very very good match I think it'll be, obviously there'll be a ton of spots but um I, you haven't talked about the Casino Battle Royal yet, right? I didn't miss that. No, no, I haven't. Okay, okay. So just for a straight buy-in for the first match, this is – this is they're going outside of what they had done at the previous pay-per-views. They're giving us a serious pre-show match, and um, I'm hoping that this Battle Royal is uh, – based on the names that are in it and this match we're about to talk about, it, it seems like it is going to be taken more serious as well, which I think is where they need to head. I know they were trying to do some kind of joke matches and lighthearted things uh, on their pre-shows, but 
I, I don't think they really need that, and that's probably the biggest criticism their shows have gotten has been during the pre-shows. So I think it's good to see them kind of stepping away from that a little bit. Absolutely. All right, well, let's talk about uh, the buy-in Casino Battle Royal, uh, the ladies' version, which is kind of awesome. Um, they haven't announced everyone. I don't remember the exact amount of, uh, of opponents in it. It's either 20 or 30. I don't even think that's I'm, – I'm looking back through. No, I don't think even that's been established yet. But I can I name think you it, officially. So it's – so it's they do that weird draw, and I think it's 21 because I think it ties into Blackjack because that goes back to that that's Las right. Vegas show. Um, and I don't have the rules right in front of me, but it depends on how they draw. If they enter one at a time, they do like a different, like where people come to the ring together as opposed to it, like what we're used to in about a Royal where they start all at one time or a Royal Rumble where they come out one at a time. So it is kind of different and weird in that sense. And I don't think they've done a drawing for who's coming in where as far as uh, what I've seen up to this point. Well, I think the most intriguing thing is the names that have been announced. I would expect any woman, including probably uh, the two Kongs, to be a part of this and to, to uh, you know, at some point to have a stare down. But the official women that are announced, um, a couple of them really stand out to me that I'm very excited about. Obviously, we have Brandy Rhodes, Nyla Rose, Britt Baker, uh, Yaku Sakazaki, Ali. Uh, but some of the other names, we have Big Swole, A- Ariel Monroe, who I believe might have been trained by Booker T. I'm almost positive. I think she's from Houston. I could be wrong. Um, but we also have, on top of that, Sadie Gibbs, who's from Britain. Um, and then this, the last three that, I, that I, uh, I'm about to say are really, really interesting to me because they've all been announced for – uh, AEW, and that's Eva Lise, who I'm a huge fan of because of uh, Lucha Underground. She's an awesome female wrestler, great um, luchador. Uh, really excited to see her in this. And then pa- our past both WWE Women's Champion two-time and past uh, Women's NWA Champion Jazz, who in her promo video looked fucking awesome. And then I think the most intriguing for a lot of people is Teal Piper who is Roddy Roddy Piper's daughter, who has been getting trained, um, uh, you know, for a little while now uh, for wrestling, but hasn't had actually any official, um, like, she's basically been learning on the go. But, hey, uh, I'm hoping that Roddy Roddy Piper's daughter ends up being great. She was awesome in the promo that she had with Jake the Snake Roberts. If you guys haven't had a good uh, chance to check it out, go to Road to uh, All Out on AEW's YouTube page, and uh, a couple back, but definitely worth seeing. Chris, are you looking forward to seeing um, this Women's Battle Royal? And, um, I mean, it's kind of hard for me to ask you who do you think is going to win since we don't know a majority of them. Uh, if I were to have a guess, man, I, I, I would like to see Jazz win to get a uh, title shot. I think that, or who, I don't exactly know. I think this is for a title shot. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, it it is as far as I know it is for a title shot. They kind of built this up as actually having a um, you know the the same end result as the previous one. As far as I know, uh, I kind of see Brandy Rhodes winning uh, with maybe her and the with Awesome Kong and Aja Kong being in the ring together, since they they seem like they played that out a little bit at the last event. Um, so that would be 
my guess. I feel like Nyla Rose will also have a very strong showing. Um, Till Piper is interesting. I haven't seen her wrestle, but I know that she's also doing some stuff, if, if I'm not mistaken, with MLW soon um, in the Von Erics. So that could be interesting as well just to see what that's going to look like. Obviously, it's about a royal, so she doesn't have to do a ton. Um, but yeah, I kind of see like, I feel like Brandy Rhodes might end up pulling this thing out and, uh, jazz. It's really great to see her return. I know that she, you know, she held the NWA world's, uh, women's championship for some ridiculous, like 950 days or some shit like ridiculous. And, uh, her last match was against Penelope Ford. And then she had to leave back in April due to some, some medical problems. And uh, I think she said like some personal issues and some medical issues. So it's good to see her back in the ring, obviously a legend. So that'll, that'll be fun to see her return as well. Um, maybe even squaring up against some of these, some of these monsters like Aja Kong and, and Awesome Kong. I mean, just to me, I would just, you know, just give me Aja Kong versus Jazz and, and uh, Awesome Kong. And I'd <laughs> probably like that the most, <laughs> but <laughs> I am looking forward to this match. I think it'll be really cool. And, and I'm sure Yuka will have some cool spots. So I think this is going to be really, really fun. And, and I think it'll probably end up being a lot better than the first Casino Battle Royal we saw. So the girls get a chance to obviously outshine the guys here, I think, with this one being treated a little more uh, serious. And, and it does – I did find out it, it is uh, – the, the winner does receive a AW Women's World Championship on October 2nd. So that, that's the okay. uh, date for when that title match will happen. Here's a question. If, if, especially if Britt Baker wins the championship and her fiancé, Adam, still has the NXT gold, are they the Romeo and Juliet of uh, professional wrestling right now, Chris? <laughs> if they both win gold, uh, I guess. <laughs> if they're, they're going to be on the same night. So you would, you would have to kind of see, see that. The real question is who is the Marcuccio of, the, uh, <laughs> of one of these two brands? Uh, let's just pretend Yano is for, for shits and giggles. Um, <laughs> Yano uh, is the Marcuccio. <laughs> like, you're not, wait, you're, you're, not, you're from New Japan. What are you doing? Oh, ho, ho. Uh, laugh at them. Pull down their pants or some shit. All right, let's move yeah. on with these matches. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're starting the normal card right now. And that the first match is, um, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Stunt. Versus SoCal Uncensored, Christopher Daniels, Frank Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky. Um, well, there's some some conflicting concepts with this because I think Barco Stunt is good as a human weapon, um, but that's about it. <laughs> so maybe he's got to make me like him a little bit more. I'm a big fan of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. But, dude, SoCal, I don't think they've won anything. Single-wise, maybe one match so far out of all the pay-per-views collectively between the three of them, but they don't have a good track record. I feel like even though it's going to dampen Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, maybe SoCal needs this win. Chris, what do you think? I don't know, man. I feel like that they're, they're kind of pushing Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, and, and Marco Stunt's kind of more of a hype man. It could just be Marco Stunt is getting killed most of the match, and Luchasaurus has a and Jungle Boy has a huge comeback or something and, and they get the win kind of leaning towards jungle boy, a boy in his dinosaur, uh, <laughs> jungle boy and Luchasaurus winning the match. Um, SEU does kind of seem like they're here to put people over right now and then maybe get a push down the line. And I think they're, they seem like they're okay with that. I will say that they've had some of the better matches on <laughs> any of these pay-per-views 
Um, the first one was a little shaky, but it was the very, very like if you go back to that very first um, AEW official pay per view, that first match they had, I thought was a little shaky. I think I, I wasn't as high on that as, as some of the other ones. But the rest of the matches, SU's been involved of, and Christopher Daniels has been involved of. I, I thought they've been really, really good matches on the card. So I'm really looking forward to this one and. The fans are just so behind Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. I feel like you, you give them the win going into uh, into your first actual televised event um, because this will be the last pay-per-view between – oh, God, it seems like it's sneaking up on us, but between now and then. Now and then. Great movie I've seen a million times, unfortunately, because of my sister. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. Still a good movie. Uh, yeah, I could see either way, but – yeah, your 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 uh, logic makes a lot of sense as well. The the the, the kids are loving that Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Uh, all right, this next match, I don't really care about it at all. <laughs> I'm sorry, but uh, the one they have listed right here is uh, best friends Trent Beretta and Chuck Taylor versus the Dark Order, cooler than the Fiend, Undertaker, and Sting. Evil Uno and Stu uh, Grayson rule the the effect of putting the lights on and putting the lights off and then having putties. Um, but the winning team does get a first-round bye in AEW's tag team title tournament, uh, so that's a good thing. I want the best friends to win because I like Trent Beretta and Chuck Taylor's fine, and I'm just not into the Dark Order. I'm going to be honest with you, and I I think they got the win the last time they had a match, and um, they're they're interesting, but uh, I'm just not. I, I like Super Smash Brothers, the video games. Let's put it that way. Chris, what do you think? I tend to agree with you here. I think that it's the dark order. Every time they've been, every time these putties come out, people are just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and pretty much every review you read, people are like, what the fuck is this? And the fans seem like they just don't give a shit about it at all. So not that I necessarily think the best friends are a great tag team. And I kind of hate their ring gear. Um, I think they're pretty good in the ring. Obviously I like Tremberetta. Uh, but yeah, this match, I, I kind of don't care about either not being, you know, not trying to be a dick or anything, but, uh, yeah, I would probably give it to the best friends just for having them in the tag tournament, unless you're going to try to do some fuck finishes with the dark order later down the line. If there is a fuck finish undertaker, like light show, do the best friends at least get to hug at all? You don't have to answer that, by the way. <laughs> I don't know. Is Bailey going to be there, or is Fake Bailey going to be there? <laughs> I don't know, man. But the best friends they love they love to get that hug in, you know. So maybe Bailey will appear, and they can all have a three way hug. That will be great. Or three way. Maybe they'll just get crazy. Anyways, let's move on to the next match. Uh, sponsored by Cracker Barrel, the Cracker Barrel Clash, a hardcore match with Darby Allen, Joey Janela, and Jimmy Havoc, who are on a team together. Um, I love Jimmy. I mean, I love Joey Janela. I'm still trying to figure out Jimmy Havoc. Uh, Darby Allen, to me, I want him to win this. I think he needs to win. I think this should be an awesome match. I hope that all three of these guys don't destroy themselves. And I'm wondering who's going to get run over or smashed in the head by a giant Cracker Barrel barrel. Uh, but yeah, Darby, I think is going to get this. Uh, Joey Janela is going to get fucked up in this match. Chris, what do you think? I'm tending to lean with you. I feel like Darby Allen's gotten super over with the fans, especially through those promos and his match with Cody, which 
meaning kind of lost, but not really, if we're being honest. Uh, or I guess he won by DQ, right? How, I don't know how that shit shake, shaked out because Sean Spears waffled Cody with a fucking chair. So that's the only thing I can really think about when I think of that match outside of just how good the actual match itself was. But yeah, I feel like Darby Allen's probably going to pick up the win here and we're going to get to see some people get some, uh, some rocking chairs broke over their backs, maybe get hit with some checkerboards, a couple Alan Jackson CDs to the head, um, <laughs> country fried steaks <laughs> everywhere. Uh, oh my I, God, Alan Jackson. <laughs> Um, I think the most interesting thing is like, what, what, how does, how does a company sponsor a match? This is like, is it, are we going to drop in some ICO pro banners like midway through to just say, instead of ICO pro, it's going to say cracker barrel across the fucking thing. I know that's like as part of the young books gimmick and they, and they talk about how much they love cracker barrel throughout all of the being the elite and, and in interviews and and I guess it's worked out for them because they're sponsor. I don't know what you have to pay to sponsor a match. Maybe we should sponsor a match, Dane. Um, but <laughs> I'm not spending that fucking money. You crazy? No. <laughs> but I wonder. I wonder what this is going to end up looking like. Um, last time they had a barrel, didn't Chris Jericho have to figure out a way to get it the fuck out of the ring because it was so big? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which was, which was great because it's Jericho. Uh, so if, if anything, this should be entertaining, and these guys are all three are known as being hardcore guys. So I'm assuming this is going to be your safely worked hardcore match. Uh, hopefully, you know safely no worked hardcore match. <laughs> yeah, safely worked. Three guys that match. don't know that concept at all. This is like, yeah, this is like Mick Foley, Jeff, or uh, fucking Shane McMahon, and Jeff Hardy in a hardcore match. I, even if it's WWE, I don't. I don't they're all going to get. Probably annihilated. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I thought that about I thought that about Janela going into the Dean Ambrose match, and he totally fucking put yeah. me wrong. So yeah, maybe uh, it was more TNA uh, TNA like hardcore. Like, well, no, that's yeah, I mean, pretty like, fucking crazy too. I mean, they use Legos instead of thumbtacks. So it's just you know, I'm not saying it's going to be bad. I just don't think these guys are going to be out there. Uh, waffling each other in the head with shit like they may have done if this was a CZW match. Yeah, that's a good point. So Nick Gage is going to come in and uh, into the match, and um, it's going to be Nick Gage Enzo and uh, Enzo Amore is going to show up and shoot fight Joey Janela, <laughs> or uh, or um, New Jack. New Jack will just show up and beat the shit out of all of them. That'll be great. Um, but yeah, Darby Allen definitely. Um, all right. So the next one is between two of the wonderful Japanese wrestlers. We got Ryo, who is the girl that we were talking about that uh, team is teaming with uh, Kenny Omega, and she is going against uh, Hikaru Shida. Um, don't know much about him. I saw Ryo in that last match, the tag match they had that she lost. Um, I don't think she. I don't remember if it was her that lost. You know, their, her team lost, I believe, at the last pay per view, but. I want to see more of these ladies. Uh, these incredible Japanese uh, female wrestlers have been awesome. Um, there's three of them that are compl- – well, no, no, I should say two of them that are being completely underutilized, and one of them that isn't, but she's in NXT, so what the fuck do you expect? But, uh, you know, I don't expect this to be a bad match at all. I expect this to be a banger, actually. So I'm sure the ladies will show themselves 
accordingly. Chris, what do you think about this match between uh, Shida and Rio? I think this will be an awesome fucking match. I thought I think every time these the Japanese female wrestlers have been in AEW, they've really been able to uh, show their skill sets and kind of what they can do in the ring. And I don't think this will be any exception. And uh, it does make you kind of look at <laughs> at WWE and be like, you guys know you signed like the three top Japanese female superstars. And I mean, outside of uh, outside of NXT, like you said, they're doing dick all right now. <laughs> And maybe that'll change Ugh. after they see this match. That's what we can hope for is maybe maybe that will change if this match is really great, right? Sure. I mean, I don't know, man. I was the optimistic one saying, well, at least you're a tag team together, you know. Fucking Tosk and Kerry saying that it can't be bad. And you were like, I don't know, man. Tag division. <laughs> and for some reason, I mean, shit, I was fucking doing that with Bailey and, and Sasha beforehand. God damn it, WWE. They always get me to fucking just do it and go by it, and they just stick their fist, their, their Vince McMahon, ha fist up my well, ass. Part of, part, of that, part of that's not your fault, though, because they gave the tag title to two people who basically really wanted to do this that are part of the four horsewomen coming out of NXT who have both been pushed in the past and, and former – WWE champion or women's champions, you would think that they would be able to build something around that. But I just, the pessimist in me just was like, no, it's a fucking tag team division and it's female wrestlers. WWE will fuck it up. So I can't blame you on that. So. <laughs> oh, God, I blame myself on that. Uh, anyways, let's, let's move on to one of the big premier matches on this uh, blood feud that got started with a chair shot gone bad between Sean Spears and Cody Rhodes. Um, Sean has Tully Blanchard in his corner. This very easily could set up something uh, that could, you know, go on to television. So there is a chance that Sean could win this match because of Tully. There's also a lot of things they can do. If you go into All In last year, you know, with Nick Aldis coming out with the people that he came out with, and then, you know, uh, and 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 uh, what you call Cody coming out with all the people that he came out with. The camaraderie, the way that they handle these matches with Cody and put this old school style to it, maybe Arn Anderson makes an appearance. Maybe he comes out with him. Maybe there's someone else uh, that I'm not thinking of that could, you know, maybe Magnum TA. Obviously, obviously he's. I, I'm pretty sure he's in a wheelchair, but just to be in his corner, I don't. I don't know how they could. There's there's stuff in the past to mess with Tully to put him off his guard that can help Cody win. Maybe it's Dustin. Maybe Dustin screws over Cody. I have no idea what's going to happen, but I'm very excited about this match. I don't even expect it the most athletic, but I think that I might expect some of the best storytelling. And I think JR and Tony Schiavone and Excalibur, oh my God, what a fucking all-star announced team. Tony and especially JR are going to have a field day with this match, and I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm going to give the slight edge actually to Sean Spears because I think they're going to continue this and I think Tully's going to get involved. Chris, what do you think? I'm also leaning towards Sean Spears just because Tully is going to be involved. I don't know what that builds towards. Um, maybe he convinces Dustin to to also turn on Cody. It's really weird because Brandy is a face but a heel and Cody is kind of like the ultimate good guy right now in AEW. <laughs> uh, so they're dynamic hey, okay. as well. But Chris, they're, they're in charge of stuff. So it doesn't matter if you flip flop uh, as long as, you know, you're uh, there. 
yeah, I, I guess. I guess that's true. I should look at it that way, right? <laughs> um, no. Of uh, course. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like they're going to draw the Sean Spears thing out a little longer, at least to get some TV time in with that. So I think, you know, Sean Spears winning here makes sense. I do think this will probably be – I mean, Cody hasn't let us down on the rest of the pay-per-view, so this will probably be a really, really, nope. really fucking good match. Maybe one of the best of the night. He seems like he uh, kind of getting the pressure taken off him to do what he wants and kind of wrestle the kind of matches he wants and, and tell those stories and have as much time as he wants to do it has uh, really, really worked out for him. So I'm looking forward to this fucking match for sure. Yeah. I expect this to, I think, have the best, uh, the most story with it for sure. Uh, For the most action, though, it would probably be the next match for the uh, AAA Tag Team Championship match. I love this because I've seen both guys in, in, in ladder matches. I've never seen them compete against each other in a ladder match. It might have happened in the past, but... We got the AAA Tag Team Champions, the Lucha Bros, Pentagons Jr., and Phoenix, Sierra Miero, going against the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson. Uh, damn, this is going to be an awesome match. I See, I'm so torn. There's, there's so many factors in this. Um, I want Pentagon to become a singles player at some point, but I, it makes sense to keep them together for a while while they build their tag division. But this is Triple A's Tag Team Championships, and we need to kind of focus on the other ones. So maybe the Lucha Brothers keep them. Then again, Phoenix also has a mega championship, and Triple A also is another wrestling organization doesn't like – not necessarily not having double champions, but they like to keep it on all the roster members that they have. So maybe that means Kenny could be beating Phoenix for the championship. I don't know. I am just going to say that the Lucha, Lucha Brothers retain, I mean, unless they want to keep on going with this, but it just seems like they've already played out between the two teams. But as for now, yeah, Lucha Brothers take the titles back home to Mexico. Chris, what do you think? I'm torn on this one as well because it is leading into the tag team tournament. And I don't yes. necessarily know that it's a bad idea for AAA's tag belts to be on AEW TV going head-to-head against WWE or NXT. I think as far as America goes, that could be big for AAA. Um, so maybe I'm going to lean – I think I'm going to lean towards the Young Bucks here winning um, and maybe Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix, if I'm assuming they're going to end up in that tag tournament, winning both belts at the end of that and just kind of trading off. But I, I think it could go either way here. I, I, this is going to be a fucking banger of a match and, and probably end up being match of the night um, unless Cody and Sean Spears just completely blow blow us away. But, uh, yeah, the Young Bucks once again versus Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix. The only thing I will say about this is we have seen this match a fuck ton in the past three months. So they have got to get – they got to get past this. I know the tag tournament's going to help that, but we got to get past this match, whether it's splitting up Pentagon and Phoenix or, or just somehow building Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy or SCU or, to me, it's either got to be SCU or Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy just because I don't think the other tag teams they have, um, maybe outside of the one on the pre-show, uh, which would be Private Party, I think they could possibly get there, but you, you got to build someone else coming out of this because I. We we can't just have Pentagon Junior versus Phoenix, um, or Pentagon Junior and Phoenix versus the Young Bucks every fucking pay per view, um, or we'll run into the same thing with 
the Usos and the New Day. While that was awesome yep. and those were really fun matches, it does just at some point you're like, okay, well, these are the only tag teams they have. So I don't want to see that, especially from uh, from a company that's uh, attempting to build around the tag team division. I know these are their top two tag teams, but there's a, a there's they got they got to build someone else. Uh, it's after this pay per view. We can't just have this match again through that tournament. So. Uh, maybe you're right in that sense that Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix retain just because they may not make it to the finals or the Young Bucks might not make it to the finals kind of thing. So this one's a toss-up for me. It just depends on how they're going to book it going forward. Yeah, it's it's very curious. And, I, you know, I think that they save uh, – if, if LAX, if the rumors are – if they did sign, they're probably saving them for that tag match with the Elite against Chris Jericho and two other people. Because um, I don't think they would just fucking put the Lucha Bros in there. That would be kind of dumb. That would be completely misleading. Uh, but LAX another big t- tag team that can really do some damage. And, you know, with Private Party, Best Friends, all these guys interacting, it's, it's very exciting. Um, but also, there was a series of matches in Impact that I got so sick of because, same thing, it was the Lucha Brothers and LAX. They were always great, but just like Usos and New Day, or Usos with their rival for, for like the full stretch. It just, that's all they fucking did. So after a while, I got kind of sick of it. Uh, so I completely get you on that. And uh, I, I, I think that it would be a good idea to split up Phoenix and Pentagon, honestly, put them in singles um, and just kind of do that. I don't know. I'm sure that there's, I mean, if they, they can be a part of the tag tournament, lose for some reason and go from there or some shit. I don't know. Any, anything else? No, yeah, and I mean, if you take them out early in the tag tournament, then there's no reason why they couldn't work singles, and you could do a that's what I'm thinking between with Junior and Omega, which they've kind of alluded to on AEW Network, which I think will be fucking money because those two guys will have one hell of a match in a single. I don't, I, I'm sure they've worked singles together, but I can't think of it right offhand. And then AAA has obviously done stuff with Omega and Phoenix. Um, so yeah, if they lose early in the tournament. Uh, even if it's something fluky or, or weird or if LAX just shows up and, and fucking beats their ass, that would be a fucking awesome. Um, obviously, we, we have no, – put just, them on the map. That would put them on the map and also be really, really uh, really good for that roster because I, I do think you have to get away from this match after this pay-per-view for sure. Yep. All right. Well, next match, I mean, this this to me has potential to be on the level of – actually, probably better, but like – in the same type of taking a bad situation and making it better. And the last time, and we've been talking so highly about Bray where I saw this happen is when it was the sister Abigail version of Bray Wyatt against Finn Balor. uh, I think last year, the year before that, and everyone was like, God, this is going to kill Bray. And then Bray ended up getting the mumps and him and Roman Reigns had to be taken out of the survivors pay-per-view so they did an impromptu with, like, five days. They could put AJ Styles against the Demon, and those two had a fucking great match. Um, knowing AEW compared to WWE and how they do matches from what I've seen from what they talk about, and also, you know, their influence from places like New, New Japan and Ring of Honor and, and, and so forth, They Kenny Omega and Pac should have an excellent fucking match. I don't even care if they don't have a lot of time to prep for it. I mean, they definitely have technically by the time that we heard about John Moxley last week. Um, so there's that. But also, I mean, they're both just in-ring specialists. 
Uh, Pac's really good at being uh, – Pac's like Kushida, where it's he's a great high flyer, but he's also a great technical wrestler as well. You don't really think about that. And Kenny's obviously good at his game. This sets up stuff for the future between the two. Kenny's going to get the win. Uh, he needs it. Uh, it sucks with the Moxley, but they can do that as a storyline and set that back up once once John's you know more healthy. But I think this could be a banger. And honestly, this could be the. I know it sounds weird since it involves both Pac and especially Kenny Omega, but this could be the sleeper match. This could be holy shit, that was fucking crazy. Or maybe we're just maybe I'm just help, hyping myself up too much. Um, Chris, what do you think about Kenny Omega and Pac? So the only thing that the only weird thing about this is they seem like they were going to push Pac to the title picture um, as like a top heel right off the bat. So they're in a weird spot where Kenny Omega doesn't really need to lose again. Yeah, he lost to Jericho in the first match, and then obviously he got a win back at the last pay per view, but it wasn't against someone of the level of Jericho. So do you give Omega the win or do you give Pac the win? And for whatever reason, in my head, if you know, knowing that the Young Bucks and Kenny have worked in New Japan and Kenny's done this match kind of match before where it's like you can kind of get both guys over and they've teased it previously on AEW. Maybe this thing just goes to a time limit draw, um, which could be awesome. If they could do a 30-minute time limit draw, and uh, I think that would guys be cool. come out good. And I think that's kind of the way to book this, even though it's just kind of a match thrown together because – uh, the actual feud they set up was against Hangman and, and Pac, and um, you know Omega and Moxley will eventually they'll get back on get back. I, I'm assuming to finish that feud up. So right now it doesn't make sense if one of these beats the other, then you're creating a storyline that you may not have originally wanted to run with. So time on the draw makes sense, and then you have that match down the road, um, and you can have a strong showing from both guys, and both guys can look strong. And I think the, the AEW fan base can appreciate. Um, a time limit draw more so than, you know, if they did this shit in WWE where they haven't done one in forever and the fan base isn't really attuned to what a time limit draw would look like. Uh, so I, th- I think that might be the route to go. If I was booking it, that would be what I would lean towards the time limit draw. And, and I would also tease this in another match earlier in the night, uh, maybe a 15 minute time limit draw between Rio and, and Shida or something just to kind of tease that it's there so fans are aware that there is a time limit on these match and make sure that your in-ring announcer is announcing the time limit on every match to kind of build towards it um, or maybe even do two time limit draws uh, throughout the night just so that you know, hey, this shit can happen. Because that's the big thing that usually pisses people off about time limit draws is that it's not focused on ever, and then, then you just do it. And then that pisses fans off. So just make sure if, if you do go that route booking it, you want to make sure that it's teased throughout the night so you don't know where it's coming. Yeah, I completely agree that that would make a lot of sense just to set it up and put it out there. Um, and this would be a great match to have a time limit draw for, yeah, for fuck's sake. I mean, if I, if I get 30 minutes and there's no winner, but it's these two guys is working the whole entire time, I think I'll be okay with that. All right, the last match that we have, the main event, is for the AEW World Championship. Um, And it's between uh, Chris Jericho, the GOAT, and Hangman Adam Page. Um, Look, what I want this match to do is make me really like Adam Page. But regardless, even if he makes me fucking love him in this match, 
Chris Jericho needs that title. I think for publicity sake, um, I think for many reasons, and I think it's a good thing because if I don't think necessarily, even though people can read into his egotistical character, Chris, I don't think gives a shit if he has the title. If you give him this right now, let him have a little bit of time to build other people and and, and get that thing striving. You know, it goes on the next person. I don't think it, it really matters. Like, I don't. Chris Jericho's going to stick around as long as he wants to stick around. And I don't think him having the title is going to be reasoning for him to stick around longer. I, I just don't. I don't think he's like that at this point. But Jericho needs that. Hangman Page needs to get made in this match. So that's also up to Jericho and Hangman collectively to put that together because they are premiering him as probably one of their biggest baby faces. That's a lot to fucking uphold. So, yeah, I think that Jericho needs to, like I said, this needs to be a good match, tell a good story. Jericho needs to come off like a fucking asshole, like he's so good at. And Heyman Page needs to look like that unstoppable baby face, man. If I was him, I'd be studying the shit out of Hulk Hogan and fucking so many other people of, like, little things that they would do to get the crowd behind him during the course of this. Uh, Dusty, for that, for that example, even Jeff Hardy, for Christ's sakes, a lot of those guys feeding off the crowd, getting them into them, getting it to rev them up. We need that in this match. This doesn't even have to be a technical masterpiece or anything like that, but I expect it to be a damn good match, and I hope that uh, Hangman Page gives me a reason to like him a hell of a lot more. And I want to see the belt around Jericho. Maybe it's also the fact that he is the goat, and I fucking want that. Dude, he's, he's done everything. He needs it. Right, Chris? He needs to have that. And then beat Okada and get the fucking New Japan belt. <laughs> I don't know about him beating Okada, man. <laughs> get out of here with that shit. But, <laughs> 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 but I will say it does make sense for him to win the title here. I just don't – they haven't done a good enough job getting Hangman Page over with their audience, and especially not the casual audience. I think that uh, I have a lot of respect for Hangman Page. I do think that you know he's very young. There's a lot of stuff that you can do with him. Um, but as I talked about at the last pay-per-view, everything from his music just screams, like from his music to his entrance to the matches he's been having where he's going back and forth with people the crowd aren't really knowledgeable about uh, as far as like your casual audience would go, uh, just kind of points to he's a mid-card guy. <laughs> and until they can get him over that hump, uh, that's going to be hard. I think if they would have done, if if they were able to do Pac versus Hangman on that first pay per view and he got the first title, that would have been a good instant push for him. But right now, with the situation they're kind of in, they need to slowly build him up. And and Jericho winning here by hook or crook makes a lot of sense, especially now that you're going head to head against WWE, um, and they're going to have a three week build before your first show. So I, you kind of have to put the belt on Jericho here. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. It's uh, it's it's I I think it needs to be done. It'll be a good person to have the championship on first. It gives all the baby faces someone to chase. It gives all the heels someone to try to, you know, become. Basically, I think it's just good overall for him to have it first. All right, I know this is not going to happen, Chris. Uh, but two questions. Let's you know, let's let's cater towards audience members that want to talk about this happening. Uh, maybe even including me to an extent. I mean, I'm just saying, Chris Jericho wins it, and he holds it for a second, starts screaming for thank yous, and all of a sudden, cult of personality comes on, 
do you uh, go ape shit if Punk does come out and cut a promo and it was all a lie? Everyone was being told bullshit and fucking this is all a plan. Uh, and what what do you think? What do you think the chances are of that? Really? Chances five percent. <laughs> I'm not gonna say zero percent, but I will say five percent. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would fucking pop for that just because it's it's good to have wrestling competition. I don't necessarily know that I want to see an older Chris Jericho and an, uh, a non wrestling CM Punk for the past five to seven years have a match against each other, considering. Their previous matches, even in, in the feud building up to them, wasn't that great in WWE. Maybe they could do something different here, obviously, but uh, it would be a great storyline for AEW and obviously a huge get. So on that part, I would be fucking stoked for it. I just still don't see it happening, and I know that he's been kind of out there teasing it a little bit, that something might happen, but uh, yeah, I just, I'm still not, I'm still not convinced that anything is going to come of CM Punk, uh, at least this year. Well, you know, it was uh, at least good to, you know, just just pretend uh, in, in the uh, spirit of uh, Mr. Punk possibly showing up. I'll give him fifteen percent. I'll 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 go I'll, I'll go to fifteen. But uh, yeah, that's 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 pretty much it. I'm really looking forward to Saturday night. Let's talk over just like a couple things. Uh, I think two major things, one for Raw and one for SmackDown, then we can call it a go. Um, what do you think, Chris? I, I want to say that Raw and SmackDown, they were good. They've been kind of consistent. Some of the stuff a little bit flat. We'll talk about one specifically. I personally really liked all the interaction with the Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton build up with their story. Um, it's interesting with all Seth and Braun – uh, having a match and having tag teams. But the main thing with the tag teams on Raw is the, the formation of a new impromptu tag team that I don't know necessarily if they just built them for a one-off against, um, against uh, you know, to have someone for, for Braun and, and set the loose titles to or what exactly is the reasoning. Uh, but it's Dolph Ziggler and, and Bobby Roode, which is uh, very interesting. And Chris, I think they were kind of – you know, even if even if you don't like uh, the current state of Dolph Ziggler, I should say, their their careers, it, one in TNA and and especially Dolph and WWE, kind of reflect each other, just being champions that were kind of underutilized as single players. And uh, Bobby, not so much compared to Dolph, but uh, you know, it, taking them and putting them into a tag team. If this is not like I said, just a fucking put together for this to have a match against Braun and Seth, and then they retain and then go against each other. I don't know how the fuck that even makes sense. So I feel like Bobby and Dolph are on a team together. I'm surprised Dolph's not already fucking gone because I thought he was he was out after the last pay-per-view. But if I'm saying, am I intrigued? Yeah, I am intrigued because they're both, you know, Bobby's really good on the mic. Uh, Dolph, you know, if he's not doing the same fucking shtick, the Raven thing, uh, he can be better. They're both good wrestling-wise. They're already doing double-team moves and stuff. So it seems, and I love that they were able to really tell the story. Corey, you know, talked about Bobby is known for being an amazing tag team wrestler. That That's what he's, you know, was, was first start, you know, one of his first big things was tag team wrestling. So 
it seems like they're building this. Do you think it's just for the pay-per-view against Braun and Seth? Or do you think that this is going to be a tag team that they're going to put some time and fucking effort into? Maybe Paul Heyman came up with this. I think that it's just a paper, it's just a tag team for the pay-per-view because they didn't want to have their tag team guys lose against Braun and Seth. So they just threw Ziggler in there. Ziggler's on a losing streak anyways. They gave him a win, but they also took out the who they consider the two tap, top tag teams by just doing a DQ finish that was fucking weird in that match with uh, Anderson and Gallows and the, the Viking Raiders, which I'm assuming are yeah. going to be the two teams. So they're going to push on Raw. Um, so, you know, they got a win, but they really only got a win over, if you really think about it, the teams that they got wins over weren't necessarily who you would consider huge tag teams. I mean, the weirder thing is the Revival was involved and they're already in a tag match. The match itself was really good, and obviously Ziggler and Bobby Roode are both in-ring, good great, good to great in-ring workers depending on the night. I would say Bobby Roode's a little better than Ziggler. I just kind of yeah. prefer him. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. If you wanted to do Bobby Roode in a tag team, you could have just signed James Thorne and fucking had beer uh, money, and that would have that would have been fucking yeah. better. But <laughs> that's, that's, you know, that's all hopes and dreams. I could be completely wrong, and maybe they do get a push, and you see the explosion of Braun and, and Seth in this match, and they win the titles. It's just the problem is, like, if that's not your plan, you just buried your tag team division. By having two guys that are just going to get beat up by which Braun and Seth having the tag titles when Braun's kind of not been a main focal point in 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 a while is not necessarily the best thing for your tag team division to begin with. But I'm hoping with there being three brands and you look at this tag team roster and you realize that AOP is still there and they have you know street profits who aren't doing anything right now and you have Redragon, um, there's a lot of good opportunity to build really good tag team wrestling, but it's Vince, and Vince, Vince looking at tag team wrestling has always been, which one of these people can I make a star? And that's kind of how he's always looked at it. If you go back to Edge and Christian, or you know the uh, Rock and Roll Express with Sean and and Marty, or you look at the Rockers. Uh, the, yeah, the Rockers, there you go. Um, <clears throat> he always kind of tries to look for that guy, or even the Hardys. I mean, he did eventually put Jeff as the star. Uh, so it's just, I don't know. That's just weird Vince shit. And I could, this could just be that they want someone to get squashed that's not going to be normally there for the tag belts until they're ready to pull the trigger on the title match between Braun and Seth. So we'll we'll see, but that's kind of my thought on it. Uh, I did think the match itself was very good, but it is weird to see those two guys randomly thrown together, especially since they've been so on again and off again with Bobby Roode. I mean, they gave him a mustache, acted like they were going to push him. He got like a really strong win, and then he just fucking disappeared for like four months. So he he's gotten the EC3 treatment without the EC3 treatment in a lot of ways. Oh God, poor EC3. Who did he piss on Vince's like feet or some shit in the bathroom? I don't even know what the hell he did, but uh, yeah. I, I mean, according and, uh, according to Dean, according to Dean Ambrose or John Moxley, it's all because of that. He had a not a great match against Moxley right before John was going out, and then they just buried him. So 
<laughs> who who the fuck knows? It's Vince. Uh, what are you going to do? But I do agree that's probably very true, but I think it would be interesting for the two of them because I'd like to see <clears throat> especially uh, Bobby get something to fucking do. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. The uh, other big thing, obviously, on SmackDown, the whodunit is now continuing uh, of who tried to kill Roman Reigns. I really think it's going to become Rikishi. Um, but yeah, going into this, uh, they wrote up everything for the episode, and I thought SmackDown, for, for the most part, was actually a fun show. I really did. Um, good wrestling. Once again, Ali and friggin' uh, Buddy Murphy. Amazing match. A lot of fun. Uh, and I think the King of the Ring, by the way, has been awesome uh, because they've been giving the guys time for matches. When I watch 205 Live and NXT, I notice they're able to work more. And to not see that on Raw and SmackDown, even sometimes the pay-per-views are just boring, you know, it's fun now that it seems at least that they've been given a little bit more than just headlocks and shit like that to do uh, out in the ring, which is entertaining. Um, but yeah, getting down to it, uh, I've just, what the hell was I just talking about? Uh, oh yeah. The, the whodunit. See, this is what I'm talking about. This, this one, it does it to my brain is all right. <laughs> so last week, last week, they had this guy, Scooby-Doo styled in, in disguise, you know, who was it? It was Mr. Parker, the fucking, the guy that worked at the cemetery. You know, and he's tied up this whole entire time. And at the end of it, Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan reveal him to be Eric Rowan's gross troll cousin. I don't know what the fuck. His name's Marty or some shit. Uh, he works at he works <laughs> the docks uh, and then also does construction part-time and roofing. Um, sorry, Marty. I'm really sorry. I just threw your ass on their so, fucking troll so bridge. Wait, is, does Marty, does Marty work for fucking <laughs> the Sandman? Wasn't that like his gimmick is he was like a part-time construction worker and <laughs> owned his own construction crew? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's exactly, that's exactly, uh, it. um, but yeah, Marty, not Marty Janetti. Uh, he was there, and then this week, we don't know. We had a, we had the video package showing you know the things falling on Roman and him almost getting hit by a car, and Samoa Joe wasn't the person, and Dan O'Brien's claiming he's not the person. But then they said, then Buddy Murphy said he saw Eric Rowan there, so Buddy Murphy got roughed up, and then he got roughed up by Eric Rowan. And, and do you see how long winded this is already? Got 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 double teamed by Eric Rowan, Daniel Bryan, because he's a liar. Even though they were in the ring when Roman was checking out Buddy Murphy the week before, it's very confusing at some of these points. And then we cut to that week of the fucking stumpy brother of of fucking Rowan. And this week, guess what? <laughs> Video <brother>. footage. <laughs> and apparently, apparently they don't have the fucking footage, uh, the softener like that CSI does. So they can figure out what the fuck is going on this place. <laughs> Here's my thing. Here is my thing. Okay, so you're going to tell me. And uh, it, it's fine. I'm sure this is going to be fun. I'm not really that angry about it. But I'm just, just – you're telling me that this guy that we can barely see couldn't be Eric Rowan or the guy from last week who mysteriously fucking vanished. And we're still doing this. And then Dale O'Brien, who's awesome in all this, by the way. Cocks the shit and beats the crap out of Eric Rowan, slaps the fuck at him, berates him, and walks to the ring, cuts a promo all the way to the ring from the back, 
to Roman saying that he doesn't like liars and he didn't fucking do it. He gets in, gets speared. It was, it was, it was, there was, it was climatic, if you will. It was, it was, it was, it was good, but it's like, where the fuck is this going? Because it's not going to be Hulk Hogan. He wasn't the guy. It's not going to be Vince McMahon. It's not going to be Rikishi. What the fuck's happening? It seems like this could be somewhere going nowhere. And hey, I've been very happy to have him a part of this for in whatever way. But this also kind of has a Bischoff smell to it. I'm not going to fucking lie. So Vince ripped this up the day of after they fucking after the team wrote it. He wasn't even there, but he got a fucking fax, emailed, whatever, and then he said, fuck that, rewrote it. What the hell did he rewrite? Chris, I'm done rambling with this, but what the hell is going on with this whodunit? And who's right, going to so, shoot JR? So can we, not, not can we take it back? A, let's take it back a little bit to last week. I'm not going to spend too much time on it. but So they, they get to this segment, and they wait till like, there's three minutes left on SmackDown to show us because it's supposed to be a cliffhanger. But the show ends with like 60 full seconds after they demask this guy and Rowan, Brian, and this poor guy just sitting in a chair, not cuffed or anything, just been wearing this towel on his head for, I guess, fear of Rowan beating his ass. Uh, they all just stare at each other for 60 seconds. Like, what happened after that? There was no follow-up. There was no anything. I guess they just... Roman was just like, all right, I guess that's the guy, and walked out. Like, is that what, that's the guy that tried to kill me with a car? Okay, cool guy. The only thing I can assume is that Roman murdered this man. <laughs> and now he'll never, be, he'll never be seen again on TV because they did nothing with that. And then Monday Night Raw, no follow-up. And then this week uh, – you get four minutes left to SmackDown. Roman comes out to cut a promo. Uh, he, he starts cutting his promo. You know, Brian asks if, if uh, to, for Roman to say sorry. Obviously, Roman's not going to say fucking sorry. The fans obviously didn't want Roman to say sorry. And uh, you see this Bigfoot footage of Roman. <laughs> I mean, it's literally like... It's almost like uh, look at the Sasquatch. There it is, you know, kind of like just out of nowhere. There's this figure with a beard, and you're like, "Yep, that's definitely Rowan." Um, I think if you read between the lines of what WWE wants you to think, it's that Daniel Bryan is behind it, clearly, and he's pissed at Rowan for getting caught on tape, in general. So that's what the slaps were about, not actually about, you know, him being a liar or whatever. It's it's Daniel trying to save face. But it also makes Daniel Bryan's character look really weird not driving a Prius. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go put that out there. If you're gonna hit <laughs> I guess that would have been too dead on the nose if he was if he was driving like a Tesla or a Prius when he hit Roman's car. I think that would have been fun. God, this is just – I'm trying to think of, like, where they can go with this. I really am. It, it, uh, it's mind-boggling. Um, I mean, they could well, they go got... the route that it was just Samoa <laughs> Joe, I guess. Uh, they could. But it wasn't Joe because he was staring at fucking – That's right. <laughs> well, he still could have organized it. Maybe this is the workings of Joe, Daniel Bryan, Lex Luthor, Carnage, and Michael Jackson's ghost. All together, well, my guess the is, Legion of 
so someone knocked stuff over with a forklift, right? And Rowan was in the background, so it would have had to have been Daniel Bryan. And they're not going to go the fiend route of trying to like loop Rowan back in. Um, if you're going to bring back Harper, you could have easily dyed his beard red, and it could have been Luke Harper in that room on Monday, and maybe that was the plan, and they just couldn't get the deal done, and just did that. And then Daniel Bryan been like, "What the fuck." kind of thing uh but I, I don't know man i guess the I, the end goal is going to be daniel bryan versus roman reigns headed into this next month is is my guess but they have one week to build up a pay-per-view match and i guess the story is going to drag out past clash of the champions which means either roman is hurt or something or he's he's not going to be on this pay-per-view because he hasn't really done much outside of these storylines yeah, it's it's very curious. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I like the idea of some – if they wanted to make it complex and they actually have something thought out instead of just fucking by the seat of their pants and just seeing where it goes, um, Dan O'Brien is, is a little bit too obvious. I don't know. Like, I mean, it would be kind of great – they're not going to do this, but if it was actually Miz and we finally get Miz coming back as a heel – who fucking basically got Dan O'Brien's dumb ass uh, screwed into the situation um, and pinned him against Roman Reigns, took out Roman Reigns, and I don't know, maybe it was like all an evil plan, or push a fucking Luke Harper in some type of position like that. Um, it would be interesting. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think you're it's right. John. I think Joe, and I think that uh, it's Joe and um, Dan O'Brien are too obvious. Both of them are. It's 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 John Cena. <laughs> I mean, they won't ever do that, but John Cena as a heel trying to kill Roman <laughs> might might be entertaining. I mean, I I do really think there is just going to be Daniel Bryan, but I don't. I mean, the crowd likes Daniel Bryan being a heel. I think he's done well with a like the kind of heel he was playing against Kofi Kingston, but like, you know. Daniel Bryan, as much as he loves the environment and stuff, he's not like he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's gonna kill anyone. <laughs> which no. he literally tried to kill Roman twice. Which I mean, I guess Roman got you know got some payback when he murdered that poor guy that just happened to look like Rowan on Monday Night Raw. Rest in peace. Jesus. <laughs> Never see uh, Marty again or <laughs> whatever his name was. <laughs> get, I want to bury uh, you where the Undertaker sleep. told me to. We got to get Lieutenant Joe Kenda on the case <laughs> for this one because oh I, I don't think we're ever seeing what happened to that guy. But, yeah, the storyline's weird. I guess they got one week until Class of the Champions, right? So, yeah. Uh, well, uh, my guess is we'll uh, Brian, Brian versus Roman. That's my yeah, guess. I'm fine with that. Well, we'll just have to, I, I, I just want to find out. Maybe they got me a little bit. Maybe they got me. I want to find out who the fuck did this. I just hope that I'm not underwhelmed, and I'm sure that's exactly what you're worried about. Um, I have an update of a story that we talked about previously. I just wanted to throw in there real quick that there was a response of Bray Wyatt and Braun uh, due to that whole entire uh, Bray being advertised. So the original tweet was Golden One Center, and it said, Get ready, WWE fans. The Fiend WWE Bray Wyatt challenges uh, either – Seth Rollins or Braun Strowman in a Hell in the Cell match. Get your tickets, stay tuned. And Braun Strowman said, 
If the student has to teach the teacher, then so be it. He can get these hands like anybody else. And then Bray responded to that by saying, Ha ha, come teach me, baby boy. I love you. I've never lost a cent, and I don't care if I die. Literally. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's that. What do, you, what do you think about that, Chris? I'll throw that on to you before we <laughs> exit. I think that's super awesome and, and very fun. I, I don't know that they're going to go that route, like I said earlier, just because I feel like maybe Taker versus The Fiend, Hell in a Cell. But, uh, yeah. Outside of that, yeah, you definitely. I mean, I could definitely could see him versus Braun. That, but that, if they're saying it's a title match, that means they're putting the belt on Braun. And uh, I don't know that they've built him back up enough to pull the trigger. And it also sucks for Seth, who would be a transitional champion. And you could have just done this storyline with uh, Shit. Seth if getting Braun goes Brock against and Brock. Well, I'm just going to say if Braun fucking were to take the title from Seth, he would be a transitional champion even shorter because you know the Fiend's going to beat him if that's the case, you know? I would – I mean, I would think so. If you're going to put the Fiend in a title match, he kind of needs to win the damn thing, especially if it's a title That sucks for it. Seth and Braun. Yeah. So maybe that doesn't happen. That's why I think maybe they go Taker. Um, yeah. That would be the only ca- the caveat. It would make sense, especially with the way they're building it. And – uh you know, it's Vince, so he's going to rewrite this shit. I mean, it could end up that The Fiend's not even on that pay-per-view by, by the time where we just get a fun house or something in the middle of it. Um, hopefully that's not <laughs> the case because I feel like it's the perfect scenario to put uh, The Fiend, if especially if the cell lowers down and then just out of nowhere he's in the middle of the, the ring or something. Like, uh, there's some cool shit you could do there just imagery-wise that we haven't seen in a long time. Uh, with Hell in a Cell, because Hell in a Cell is just kind of like that in-between pay-per-view to the good pay-per-view headed up to WrestleMania at this point. So, I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting. Hey, I do like the response back and forth on Twitter. That's fun. Hey, man, you know what I'm saying, man? You know, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe Bray Wyatt will, will find that. The theme won't. No, that would be terrible. All right, well, uh, I think that, that we can call that a night. Uh, and, uh, yeah, this was another episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Uh, you know, find us every Wednesday, 7 p.m. EST. Uh, you can go to geekvibesnation.com or gvnation.com. And check out all of our news articles for various things like uh, video games and pro wrestling, movies, comic books, everything in between. Uh, you'll also find links to our social media platforms with Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter. And you will can find our social media places at Facebook. Oh, I just said that. Oh, wow. Anyways, and then find our different ways to listen to <laughs> us, with, including Blog Talk, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, fucking iTunes, all these damn things. Find us! Listen to us. And uh, we'll be here every Wednesday. But uh, yeah, Chris, say a couple of kind words to the audience before we get out of here. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure, like Dane said, to check us out on our platforms. If you want to talk to me on Twitter or Facebook about wrestling or uh, hockey, for instance, you can hit me at, at Chris R. Patton on Twitter and on Facebook. You can find me as Christopher R. Patton uh, on Facebook, obviously on the Geek Vibes page. If you see a, a Kermit 
<laughs> just chilling with some posts that says Christopher Ray Patton. That's me. So click on that and uh, shoot me some messages. We'll talk about wrestling. Also, uh, on Saturdays, it gets posted up a little later in the week. Once again, to all those platforms, check out Skates the Throats. It's a hockey podcast where we talk about rivalries of the past and current, as well as uh, the upcoming season and all the news that's going on there. So, uh, yeah, hope you guys have an amazing week and uh, get ready for some some all in or all out, I guess, as AEW is calling it this Saturday. And, and we'll have all the updates on that uh, next Wednesday for sure. I love how I told you uh, to say something nice, like you were going to fucking say, like, you know, go fuck yourselves if, if I didn't tell you that. Uh, Chris is one of the nicest gentlemen in the world, and I'm always happy to join him every Wednesday, like I said, 7 p.m. EST here at Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Check out my Monday show. Uh, like I said, Monday suck. Monday, 6 p.m. EST. Uh, talk about politics, talk about comic books, movies, whatever the hell I want to talk about. And sometimes I have guests. And uh, you guys have a wonderful evening, and let the Geek Fives be with you. Peace out, Mother Fs.